0: Well, now, loving, present God, in these moments, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together in this room be found pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Brothers and sisters, grace to you today and peace from the Lord Jesus Christ. When I was 11 years old and my family was living out in the San Joaquin Valley of California, my brother and I rescued a baby bird that had fallen out of its nest. The little thing was in bad shape and there were cats nearby and so my brother and I wrapped the bird in a handkerchief and brought him into our house. We figured we'd better give this bird a name, and after much deliberation, we agreed on the name Juber, uh, which was a combination of my name, Julie, and my brother's name, which was, well, brother. Um, Everybody in the neighborhood and everybody in our family called him brother. We still do. Anyway, Juber was the bird's new name. We lined a shoebox with some soft cotton and took turns giving him water out of a medicine dropper, offered him some worms from the garden. And Juber did his best. He would peck at the food every now and then. We loved that little guy. But as you know, little birds that fall from trees and are separated from their mothers just don't stand much of a chance. One morning, brother and I went into Juber's shoebox to find that he had died during the night. And when we saw that tiny body, now stiff and cold on the soft cotton, we sat down right then and there and cried and cried. It was the first real experience that either of us could remember of losing something that we loved. Well, I wish I could say that Juber was my only experience of loss, but of course, In the years since then, I've said goodbye to all kinds of people and places and things that I would have loved to have kept, but couldn't. I've had my share of experiences to remind me how hard it is to let go. And I look out at your faces this morning, and I know that many of you have been stung hard with loss and grief. For some of you, the grief is still very fresh. And you know firsthand the pain of letting go. Well, today we come to this final message in this series of sermons from the book of Acts. We've been trekking through Acts for nine weeks now. I hope it's been as meaningful for you as it's been for me. Today's text in Acts 20 reminds us that that being the people of God, being human beings actually, means letting go again and again again. And again, in countless ways. And in Acts, we see more than one kind of letting go, actually. But before we get into this particular text for this morning, I want to pause and just give a little backstory so that when we get to chapter 20, we'll know what's going on. Paul has been traveling now for years all over the Gentile world, uh, the Greek-speaking world, telling people about Jesus the Christ. And wherever Paul goes, churches are born. People find faith. And then he stays with them for a while with these new believers to shepherd them and teach them to serve as a pastor to them. And then he moves on. And this is his pattern. He does this again and again, planting new churches wherever he goes and then moving on. And so Paul has become an old hand at learning to let go. And it's a difficult time. By the time we get to this story today, it is a difficult time in the life of Paul. Though Luke doesn't tell us this in Acts, we know from reading Paul's letters to the churches in Galatia and Corinth and Philippi that there is some significant turmoil in some of these congregations. Conflict among the members and in some places conflict with Paul. What's more, not only is there dysfunction inside these churches, but the Jewish religious leaders are feeling threatened by Paul's message about Jesus Christ. And so they are after him too. He's getting it from all sides. But then Paul learns that some people he knows and loves are having it much rougher than even he is. In Jerusalem, there's been a famine, a severe famine, and, and Paul's Jewish Christian brothers and sisters are in desperate need of aid. And so he communicates with all the Gentile churches that he has planted. And he tells them, friends, we're going to take up a love offering, a great big love offering. I'm going to come to all of these ports to visit all of my churches and to collect all of the money that you can give to bring relief to your poor brothers and sisters in Jerusalem. This is one kind of letting go that we see in Acts. Paul asks these Gentile Christians to let go of some of their money and their stuff in order to help their Jewish Christian brothers and sisters. And can you imagine how hard this must have been for some of them? Just last Sunday, we read of how some of those Jewish Christians had sent some of the members uh, of, of their church to inform the Gentile Christians, you can't really be a Christian unless you're circumcised. And so there were hard feelings among them. It might be a little bit like our hearing about a church in desperate need in, let's say, West Virginia, where the pastor and people of that church insist that women cannot be leaders in the church. Now, good Baptists that you are, I'm sure you would acknowledge their freedom to act according to conscience. But would you really want to take up a collection for them? This is, this is the bind they Paul, do you really expect us to give money to them? They don't even approve of us. What what if they're not grateful? How can we be sure that they're going to use the money wisely? Maybe we should put some conditions on on our gift. And Paul responds to them essentially by saying, y'all, this is entirely about trust. When you release your money into the hands of Christ, it's always much more than just the money. It's a sign of trust that everything belongs to God and it will all be used by God. But see, there's another reason why this offering has to be hard for them. As they let go of their money, they know that they're also letting go of Paul. See, if Paul takes this money to Jerusalem, he'll be walking into almost certain death. Jerusalem is the epicenter of resistance to the Christian movement. The Jewish religious leaders there are on a mission from God to put an end to the heretical Christ cult. It was one thing to let go of some cash, but could God really be asking them to let go of this brother that they've come to love? And so in today's text... Paul has wrapped up his benevolence campaign all over the region and has gotten all of their money together. And there's a ship down at the harbor ready to sail away. And he calls his friends together from the church at Ephesus, where he has led them for almost three years. And then he delivers to them a moving farewell speech. It's a tender scene. Paul cries, they cry. And he says to them, I know you'll never see my face again. And then he commends them to God and he reminds them of Jesus' words that it's happier to give than to receive. Better to let go than to keep for ourselves. And then they all get on their knees and they pray together and they get up from their knees and have the mother of all group hugs. All of them sobbing. And then finally, they accompany Paul down to the ship. This story nearly does me in every time I read it. Because it reminds me of painful goodbyes I have said along the way. People I have loved who had to go. And some of them needed me to carry them down to the ship. Times when I've needed to go and they carried me. And all the loved ones that you and I have accompanied down to the ship of death. It's hard, it's always hard to let go. And yet, to be human is to do this all the time. First day of school, we let go of our parents, they let go of us. And then the letting go continues and we, until we truly let go and we form new families. And then it's our turn to let go of our children as the cycle begins again. Our daughter, Lucy, has been living with us for the past year, saving up to go to graduate school. She leaves tomorrow. And believe me, Tim and I are feeling all the feels about that. And we let go of jobs We let go of friends when we move to new cities. We let go of dreams along the way and some of our illusions about the world and about ourselves. There are people that we dearly love and want so much to keep, but we can't, and we let them go into the mystery of death. And all of this letting go makes us anxious, doesn't it? When we're holding on, or at least have the illusion of holding on to our money or our plans or the people we love. It gives us a sense of control, a sense of security. Letting them go doesn't feel safe, and this makes us anxious. I think I can even hear in this text today some anxiety in Paul's voice. Can can you As he's telling his friends goodbye, he says, I know that after I'm gone, savage wolves are going to come among you and some of you will lead each other astray. And then as he's talking, he, he defends himself just a little. You know, he said how when I was with you, I tried to do my best. I tried. And then Paul says, please, friends, take care of yourselves. Do you feel just a little anxiety in him as he's saying goodbye? It feels risky to let go of what we had hoped to keep, makes us anxious. What it makes us is powerless, and that's why we must learn to let go, to keep us honest about power, because power isn't ours to wield and to use. Life isn't about power, it's about gifts, gifts freely received, gifts freely returned, and if we're learning to loosen our grip and to hold the, the gifts and the loved ones lightly, to let them come and let them go, then you and I are learning the freedom of life in God. And ultimately, it is about trust. It's about trusting God to hold your life. Both Jesus and Paul said it is more blessed to give than to receive, which means literally it's a happier thing to release than to hold on. But we're pretty shaky about this, and so we have to practice. We have to take up habits that help us pry our clenched fingers open. One indispensable way, of course, is with our money learning to let go more and more, and something in us doesn't want to do that. It gives us the old familiar feeling of anxiety. What if there won't be enough? What if something happens to me, and then I need that money, but I've given it, and I don't have it anymore. But it's hardest with people, isn't it? It's scary to let them go, because there's so much we can't control. In our story today... After that tearful scene down at the harbor, they wave goodbye to their beloved friend and brother. And as it turns out, what Paul has just predicted actually does come true. They do never see his face again. In Jerusalem, having delivered their love offering, Paul gets caught, put in prison, and eventually is sent to Rome where he is put to death. And when I think about this season of Paul's life, I imagine this man who once said to his friends in Philippi, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I imagine him bravely trusting God for all that he can't see and cannot control. Frederick Beekner was talking one day about some of the changes that had occurred in him over time as he got older. And he said, in the past when my faith was strong, I always trusted God more or less. I trusted him with my life, which is to say I trusted him but with the presupposition that I would always be around to cajole with him, plead with him, and in general, to remind him to be the God of mercy and love that I trusted him to be. The change, he said, is that now I have begun, at least, to trust God with my death. And then he said, I know no more now than I ever did about the far side of death as the last letting go of all. But I'm coming to know that I do not need to know and that I don't need to be afraid of not knowing. God knows, and that's all that matters. You know, there's only one promise I know to cling to when it comes to letting go of the ones I love, and it's this. That everything we release, all of it, goes into the hand of God who loves them so purely, so perfectly, and eternally. I'm held in those hands, and so are you. And isn't that just promise enough to loosen our grip just a little from the things and people in our lives? To hold them more lightly and to offer them more trustingly into the hand of love. And so loving God, all things are in your hand. You are the God who let go even of your own son on the cross. And so all things are in your hands. All that we could give you is already yours. And so today, please lead us to the glad freedom of giving back. Lead us to a grateful letting go. All that we have and all whom we love, and God, most of all ourselves, we now entrust to your grace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.